um, these words would not be my own, God, but that they would just be yours. I pray that um, whatever it is you have for us tonight, God, we would just um, be listening and be open to um, hear and respond, God. And I just pray for those who maybe couldn't have been with us tonight due to um, sicknesses. God, I pray that you would just um, be close to them and put your healing hand on them, God. Um, it's in your name I pray these things. Amen. Um, I just want you all to know that Julie and Brandon wanted me to play some sick, nasty video of some guy shaving dead skin off his feet for you tonight, but instead I decided to bless you with the world's okayest sermon, so you're welcome. Um, So I wanted to share with you guys um, about a story that um, I feel like God has just been, like, speaking to me over and over again for the last, like, two and a half months. Um, and so I'm going to talk about Moses and his calling. And so I'm going to be reading from Exodus chapter 3 tonight. Um, and I felt like last time Luke preached, he kind of talked about callings. And I was like, oh, man, he totally stole my thunder. <laughs> But, um, and so I thought about maybe, like, preaching about something else, but I just, like, felt like this was what I was supposed to do tonight, and we even talked about it some in our staff meeting this week, and then Brenda even talked about this exact story a little bit yesterday at the women's brunch, and so I was just like, all right, Lord, it's it's good. (laughs) Um, But before I, like, dive in, I just want to kind of, like, preface um, this with um, this is... So I used to think that, like, God only called people to be, like, pastors or missionaries. Like, that's all God really spoke to you. Just because I had never really, like, this was, like, a really long time ago. But just because, like, I had never really heard of God calling people to do other things. But I think it's really easy to forget that God calls, like, ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And that he doesn't just call us to be pastors or missionaries. He calls us to whatever job, um whatever job, really, or even sometimes he's just calling us to do things, not not even necessarily a job, but maybe he's just calling you to, like, reach out to a co-worker at work, or um, maybe to step out of your comfort zone and reach out to, you know, someone off the streets, um, and so I just want us to keep an open mind with this story and to remember that God doesn't just call us to do um, certain things. There's no limit to what God can call us to do. Um, So I've heard um, the story of Moses and the burning bush like a million times it feels like, and I'm sure that probably you guys have too. Um, But a couple months ago I was reading this story and it just stood out to me in like a whole new way and I was like, man, I feel like Moses. (laughs) Um, And so I just want to share with you tonight a little bit about um, this story and just kind of like what God... um, has placed on my heart for tonight. And so I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 3 all the way to chapter 4, verse 17. So it's a lot of verses, but it's going to be okay. So if you guys would not mind standing as we read. It says, One day Moses was tending to the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it was not burning up. This is amazing, Moses thought to himself. 
Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of many people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Israel, of people, people of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you. They will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name. My name to remember for all generations. Now go and call together the elders of Israel. Tell them the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me, I have been watching closely, and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from the oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to the land flowing with milk and honey, and the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell them, tell him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me, sit, has met with us. So please let us take this three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then, at last, he will let you go, and I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so that you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and find clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth." But Moses protested again. What if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. 
So Moses reached out and grabbed it and turned it back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out again, his hands were white as snow with a severe skin disease. Now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, If they do not believe you, and you are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you even after those two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn from blood will turn to blood on the ground. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O oh Lord, I'm not very good with words, and I never have been. I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron and the Levite? I know he speaks well, and look, he is on his way to meet with you now. He will be delighted to see you, talk to him, and put words into his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say, and take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs that I have shown you. This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. So, um, after reading this story, I could not help but feel like Moses and Um, So the story starts out with Moses discovering this burning bush, and he notices that this bush is on fire, but it's not burning up. And so he feels this need to go and figure out what is going on. And so as he approaches the bush, God tells him to stop and to take off his shoes. And when I first read that, I was like, that's literally so weird. Why would you do that? And But then I read that taking off his shoes was a sign of showing respect for God. And so as I was just like thinking about this, I think that um, God maybe was using this um, part of the story to show that Moses, he was like preparing Moses for what he was about to tell him. And I think about that um, like within my own calling. And so... Um, I just saw, so when I received my calling to ministry, um, I had just led a vacation Bible school at the church that I had grown up in, and it was like several weeks later, and I was at my grandpa's 70th birthday party of all places, (laughs) and this lady that had been in the church for like as long as I can remember came up to me, and she just, like, out of the blue, she didn't, like, preface it with anything. She just said, hey, are you going to change your major from nursing to children's ministry? And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, are you crazy? No. (laughs) 
Um, and I, I like, didn't even understand, like, she was piecing together, like, me having led VBS with that. I just thought, like, where in the world did you even come up with a thought like that? And, um, but it turned out to be one of those things that I just, like, couldn't really stop thinking about. And so I started praying about it, and I think about what would have happened if I would not have, um, prayed about what this lady had asked me, um, because I think that what she was, what that question she had asked me was preparing me for the journey that God was calling me to, and so I think that had I not stopped and taken the time to notice that God was placing that on my heart, and he was asking me to pray about it, I think that things could have been a lot different, and so I think that we that this part of the story reminded me of that and that we need to always be ready for what God wants to speak to us. And I think sometimes it's easy to just get in our rut and do the day-to-day kind of things, but um, I think that the Lord wants us to really be in communication with him all the time and constantly seeking him. And so it's important that, you know, we're reading his scripture um, in personal time and praying and those things help us to recognize his voice. And so I think it's really important that we're always um, looking to see what God wants to speak to us. Um, So that was kind of the first thing that stood out to me about this story. Um, And so I would challenge you to ask yourself um, if you are ready to hear from God, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And so then we see that God starts to speak to Moses about his calling. Now he's told Moses, hey, I'm going to send you to um, deliver these people. And the first thing Moses says is, who am I to appear before Pharaoh and to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And he immediately just starts questioning what God is asking him to do and um, not feeling adequate for the task, and so Moses does not feel like he is the right fit for the job, and he makes that very obvious because he continues to just keep questioning God throughout the whole entire um, calling, and that's how I also felt when I was called, and I think sometimes a lot of us feel that way. Um, It's never been my experience that God calls me to do something with inside of my comfort zone, and I think there's a reason for that, Um, and so I'm I too, like, if I was Moses, like, I would have for sure been like, Lord, why in the world would you choose me to lead these people? Um, Because that's how I felt when I was called. I felt like I'm just this ordinary person. I know that I'm not perfect, and at the time, I felt like pastors had to be these, like, perfect people, but newsflash, we're not. (laughs) Um, And so, um, I... I think that's the way Moses was feeling at this point was how a lot of us feel when God asks us to do something. We feel like we're not the right fit for the job, maybe because we know um, the weight and the importance of sharing Christ with others, or maybe because we know our own strengths and weaknesses, and the enemy tries to use those against us. And so... um, I knew myself, and I knew my qualifications, and I knew that I was not good at speaking to large groups of people, that 
people in general make me uncomfortable because I'm so introverted. And I just knew that it was an important job to be a pastor and to share um, share God's message all the time. And so um, I also have questioned God in my own callings, just like Moses was. Um, but I think that the way God responded to the Moses is the same way he responds to each of us. And God responds very first by saying, I will be with you. And I think that sometimes we forget that when God's calling us to do these extraordinary things or maybe even these simple things that make us feel uncomfortable, that he's going to be with us through it. He's not just going to be like, man, look at you. You totally failed that one. Like, God wants to share that with us, and he's relational, and he wants to walk through whatever he's calling us to um, with us. And so then, as you continue to read on, we see that Moses continued to be fearful of his calling and to keep questioning God, and um, it almost seems like, good grief, Moses, don't you get the picture? Like, Lord's calling you, so (laughs) let's get to it. So Moses goes on to say, but what if I tell them that the God of your ancestors has sent me and they ask what is his name, then what do I tell them? And God just continues to prove himself to Moses saying, um, tell them that the I am has sent you. And that was a unique name to God um, that would be different from the gods that the people of Egypt worshipped. And so... Even then, Moses is saying, yeah, but, like, what if they don't believe me? And just, again, is continuing to question him. And it's, again, like, Moses, don't you get the picture already? Like, this is what he's telling you to do. And so then, um, as you, as we, like, read into chapter 4, Moses um, still continues to question his ability and Um, God proves his power to Moses by showing him all these different miracles. So he um, turns his staff into a snake. And I'm just telling you, if the Lord told me to grab the tail of a snake, I would be like, choose someone else, Lord, please. (laughs) Um, And then he um, gives Moses a disease on his hand and then takes it away. And then he says that he's going to turn some water into blood. And He just continues to keep trying to get the picture to Moses. Like, it's okay. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. And so, um, uh, so then eventually Moses gets to the point where he's just like, Lord, please send anybody else. Like, Please just choose somebody else for the task. I'm not good at speaking. I stumble on my words. I know I'm going to mess up. Please choose somebody else. And I feel like I can totally relate to Moses in that because there's been so many times where I'm like, Lord, please choose someone else. Or, Lord, why did you choose me? Like, you could have chose someone else who's better at speaking or um, really anything. But... God, um, in verse 16, says that he's going to allow Moses' brother Aaron to go with him. And at first I was like, 
dude, God, you like totally let Moses off the hook like some little kid who's been thrown a fit in the grocery store not getting the snack they want. Like, why would you just give in to Moses like that? But he tells Moses that he still has to speak to Aaron. He still has to tell Aaron what to say to these people. And then Aaron's going to communicate things to him. And so Moses is not totally off the hook. Moses still has to be listening to God and speaking um, speaking what God speaks to him to Aaron. And so I think that that was just like another way that the Lord was trying to say, Moses, I'm going to be with you. He was giving him this like little comfort zone of being with his brother. And um, so when I reflect on this story, I'm just reminded of a few things. And one of those is that God doesn't call perfect people to do things for him because none of us are perfect. And we, a perfect person doesn't um, exist. And so God instead equips us to do what he calls us to do. He gives us the capabilities to do what he wants us to do. And that's with anything that he's calling us to. Um, and God has the ability, God has the ability to do all these things himself. Like he has the ability to preach to you guys instead of having Pastor Brian or Luke or I preach to you. But instead, he chooses people to carry his message. And I think that just shows, like, the true character of who God is. It shows us how much God wants to be in relationship with us and to be with us and to help us through the things that he calls us to do. Um, And so I think that's something we need to carry with um, privilege. So whatever God calls us to do, no matter how hard, we must respond in obedience. And someone once told me that delayed obedience is still disobedience. So delayed obedience is still disobedience. And that, that to me, just like really struck home with me. So in other words, while Moses is sitting there questioning himself and pleading to God and saying, please, Lord, send somebody else, he's still disobeying. He has not taken the step to do what God has called him to do. Instead, he's like, I'm sure he's thinking, like, maybe there's a way out of this. Like, I'll just keep questioning him. Um, And so until he leans into that calling and takes action, he is um, living in disobedience. And I think that um, it's possible that at some point in our lives, all of us have probably hesitated to do something that God has asked us to do, just like Moses was. Um, And so if you have been hesitating or questioning yourself or waiting for the Lord to just please, Lord, send somebody else, then I would encourage you to just respond to whatever God's asking you to do because he's not going to, He's not going to just pick a different task for you. He's going to wait for you to complete the task that he's called you to do. And so um, it has, like I said earlier, it has never been my experience that God caused me to do something inside my comfort zone. And I think that um, Moses was obviously uncomfortable with um, his calling, but I think God does that on purpose. He calls us to Um, these things that make us uncomfortable so that we depend on him and we know what it means to depend on him. And 
also it just leaves room for our faith to grow in him. Like each time I've responded to something God has asked me to do, I just think like, wow, Lord, like I couldn't have done that by myself or um, it just gives me more opportunity to see who God is or to see how much he cares about the things he asks us to do. And so maybe tonight God is calling you to do something outside of your comfort zone or maybe he's already been calling you and you just haven't responded yet. Um, Whatever it is that God may be speaking to your heart tonight, I just encourage you to respond to him in obedience and to trust that he will help you through it and that he will use you through it. And as I was like reading this and writing this, I was reminded of the verse in John 14, 15 that says, if you really love me, you will obey and keep my commands. And I think that the same goes for what he has called us and asked us to do. So if we love him, we're going to respond in obedience. And so Maybe some of you are finding something that God is calling you to. Maybe you've already responded. Um, But maybe you just need to step out and seek him in obedience. And so the question I just want to leave you with tonight is, what is God calling you to today? And are you running in disobedience, or are you taking a posture to seek him and to respond um, to what he's calling you to? And so... um, I'm going to have Tim in just a minute play a song that has just really, as I've reflected the last few months on this story, um, has just really stood out to me, and it has just been um, basically the song of my heart. And so I'd encourage you, you can either stand and worship along with um, the song or um, sit and reflect whatever way you feel like you need to respond. Um, I would just encourage you to do that, and then I'll close.